In this episode of Meritalking, I'm joined by Brandon Iskey and Bill Wells. Between the two of them, there are more than 30 years of experience helping federal organizations with cybersecurity and cloud solutions. Brandon's IT career began at DISA, and now he's a principal solutions architect at identity platform provider Okta. Bill's IT career began with the Air Force, and now he's a senior solutions architect at cloud service provider Amazon Web Services. Today, we'll explore zero trust progress and challenges, identity as a foundational element of zero trust, and how identity fits into the national cybersecurity strategy. Brandon and Bill, thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Gail, for having us. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Great. So let's get started. In recent remarks, Chris Russia, the Federal Chief Information Security Officer and Deputy National Cyber Director, referred to the Federal Zero Trust Strategy as a three-year action plan that set agencies on a good path and that the feds will keep iterating on zero trust, quote, based on what we know today and then keep making it better as we go. Based upon your experience working with federal agencies towards zero trust, what is working today and what could be better? I'll take that to start. So I think what's working today is that we've got a lot of strategy and architecture in place, as well as recently released maturity models. So I think a lot of the taxonomy, the terminology, foundational concepts are pretty well agreed upon, I think, across the federal space. And so now that those pieces are in place, we're seeing a lot of activities around agencies kind of planning what their acquisition strategies may be for some of these gap areas, or they may be also aligning additional capabilities or existing capabilities that are already in place and underway that would be aligned to zero trust. So as far as what could be better, I think there's a lot of activity in the, in the vendor space to make sure that we're best aligning to those activities and maturity models and really helping our customers understand where we meet those requirements. It can be a little complex in areas where there are overlap on how different security solutions can meet various requirements. So how do we deconflict that and work with that in partnership with the government to make sure we're helping them achieve their outcomes? I think those are kind of the, the next challenges. And then really it's going to be about how can we get these solutions implemented and then operationalized because it's a lot more than just checking the box that I have a solution in place. Organizations really need to make sure that they're operationalizing these capabilities to really see the true security and usability outcomes that they're looking for. I agree with that. Uh, I'm seeing very discrete actions being taken, like agencies consolidating their identities and making very tactical type of efforts in terms of things that can be improved. Looking at it from a whole of IT perspective and understanding that zero trust branches multiple pillars. So bringing in all of those pillars in the strategic view. Great. Yeah, thanks a lot for that. The national cybersecurity strategy calls for agencies to sunset systems that cannot accommodate zero trust within a decade. Krista Russia acknowledged that 10 years is an ambitious goal. What do you think agencies need to get there? So I think it's important for agencies to prioritize their efforts based on the criticality of the data or the resources that they're trying to protect. So prioritization is going to be a very important thing to start from. After that, it's going to be a matter of identifying what they have and classifying those existing resources and then making their efforts in terms of, again, a whole of IT approach. Because again, with a legacy systems, sometimes it's going to require refactoring of the application or the underlying infrastructure. 
So it's going to be important to have all facets of IT engaged in that as well. Finally, just sponsorship from the top to ensure that resources are allocated accordingly. Yeah, we hear that a lot. I fully agree on the prioritization piece. In my experience, even in DoD, there's a lot of challenges and a lot of resourcing challenges that have to be prioritized. So it's really critical to prioritize, know where critical data is and what are critical applications to go after. But additionally, those can also be sometimes the most critical ones are also the most challenging. So there's a good balance there of how can we focus on potentially some cloud services that can give us a quick win of demonstrating initial success while we're also working on some of those very high priority and high complexity systems to either rationalize how we're going to modernize those or potentially deprioritize those with additional security capabilities, whether that's on-prem or in the cloud. Mm -hmm. I like that input as well. And the National Cybersecurity Strategy also calls for a digital identity ecosystem and notes a lack of secure, privacy-preserving, consent-based digital identity solutions. Based on your experience helping federal agencies improve their identity protections, how can public and private sector organizations contribute to this digital identity ecosystem? What would that look like? Yeah, I think this is a really exciting and emerging area. So we've, we've seen executive orders around user experience and really creating a, a streamlined experience for how citizens or constituents access government resources. So a big part of that strategy is with GSA's program around login.gov. And so that's been an exciting area for uh, Okta where we've put additional investment in our public sector support to have a direct integration with that and streamline that, the onboarding of that. So that's part of one of many stories we're working on in in alignment to public sector and supporting kind of that federal front door concept. It's really key because, again, as users access government resources, they want to have a streamlined experience of how they do particular life transactions. And even though those might be across multiple applications or multiple organizations, it needs to be a streamlined user experience, very much like what they're used to in in their commercial or consumer world. Mm -hmm. And how can this digital identity ecosystem support agency efforts to achieve zero trust? So digital identity is one of the foundational pillars of zero trust. Identity is a very critical enabler from the aspect both of security as well as the end user experience. And what I mean by that is that how a user accesses systems can vary based on the risk or the device or the location I'm potentially in. And so having more granular policy around how I can access things and what is the right level of assurance we need is very much where zero trust and identity are working hand in hand to modernize that. We're very much today in a a world of very kind of point in time authentication. We have PIV and CAC smart cards effectively to access a lot of internal government resources. And it really is about how do we move this to more alternative multi-factor authentication, other solutions that are going to be better fit to what the end user needs, whether they're on personal devices or government-issued managed device. Those are additional context factors that can be brought in at the identity level to really streamline that user experience as well as balance security requirements. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned identity as a foundational aspect of zero trust, and it's the first pillar in CIS's zero trust maturity model, and user is the first pillar in the DoD's zero trust capabilities model. Does this mean that identity takes priority over the other pillars? And if so, why? 
I think priority is going to depend on each organization's needs and kind of maturity of where they're at. I think across a lot of the federal government, there's been an emphasis on identity for a long time, going all the way back to PIV and CAC. But some organizations may be fairly evolved there, and others may need additional modernization. So I think the prioritization really lays where they are from a maturity perspective and whether they have potentially challenging on-prem solutions that don't provide them the time to value and the feature set that they need to align all these contextual factors. And so that's where solutions like Okta can be brought in to help solve some of those challenges. You know, I think identity is a foundational construct, but AWS's perspective is that customers should use identity and network-centric controls together, and ideally with awareness of each other wherever possible. AWS has services that do enable things like that, like our VPC endpoints. At reInvent 2022, we announced VPC Lattice. It iterates on that capability of bringing in identity controls and network controls and making them aware of each other. So ideally, when implementing a zero-trust architecture, you're looking for those kinds of capabilities. Mm-hmm. So you both talked a bit about how Okta and AWS are helping agencies achieve zero-trust. Can you elaborate on that a little bit and maybe give us an example or two of how your companies are helping? Yeah, absolutely. So like I mentioned with uh, VPC Lattice, you know, that's one of our services that's recently been announced. It went general availability. It's built on zero trust principles. It helps developers and network administrators manage their resources and have a secure methodology of doing that. We also announced and has gone generally available AWS Verified Access that helps our customers with their access of web-based applications over the internet without the use of a VPN. So we're continuing to develop new services. Also, we're making sure that the ecosystem that we're building is open in many cases, like with the Cedar policy language that supports AWS Verified Access or our open cybersecurity schema framework, which we co-sponsored and that Security Lake uses as a, a foundational component of Security Lake. Security Lake provides visibility. It's a purpose-built security data lake, provides visibility into the activities that are occurring within customers' environments. You know, more broadly, I'm working with our federal customers to help them understand how the zero trust mandates apply to their architectures and helping them understand how AWS building blocks can be used in combination to help them achieve their zero trust outcomes. Similarly at Okta, um, a lot of the engagements I support are a lot of uh, activities around kind of understanding where our customers are with their identity, where they see what they want to go, where are their pain points. And then through those kind of conversations and planning sessions, we can really help define kind of an end state target and a phased plan to help them achieve their goals. And we typically do this through demos or proof of concepts as well. And again, we do this in a manner of either direct customer engagement or we can work with the partners of choice for that customers may be leveraging. Again, I'd like to also highlight that Okta has services that are both FedRAMP moderate as well as high, as well as DoD IL-4. So we have the right authorized services from a cloud perspective to meet the federal government requirements. Great. Okta and AWS integrate. What does this mean for agencies using AWS GovCloud services? I can take that. AWS, we partner with best-of-breed partners like Okta. With Okta, customers are able to use their standards-based protocols like SAML and SKIM to integrate their strongly authenticated identity into AWS for then authorization to the resources that exist within AWS. 
using services like AWS IAM Identity Center. Customers are able to centrally manage those permissions and, again, integrate with that strong identity provider like Okta. And whether customers have started with cloud first or identity first, we can meet them where they are. So if in a scenario where maybe all identity management is happening in AWS, we could use that as a source of truth into Okta and then use that again broadly across other applications. So it's really flexible from our vantage point of whether we look at either one-way or bi-directional flows of identity to really enable the type of experience and security outcomes our customers are looking for. Mm -hmm. So you meet them where they're at. Absolutely. And we've heard this said over and over again, zero trust is a journey, not a destination. What should agencies keep in mind as they work towards zero trust so the technologies, policies, and processes they put in place today will serve them well years into the future? I think it's important to keep the use case that the agency is working backward from in mind. So that can be something like human-to-application access or machine-to-machine or digital transformation. So keep in mind what it is that they're trying to do and stay abreast of the ever-changing landscape. Like we talked about, AWS has continued to innovate on behalf of our customers. We're bringing out new services. It's important for our customers to make sure that they're staying abreast of those services and seeing how they can fit in to address the use case that they're trying to work backward from. Yeah, and I would continue to foot stomp that Zero Trust is an evolution of cybersecurity strategy and architecture as well. So again, I don't think our job is ever done in cybersecurity. As the threat evolves, as additional capabilities come out that introduce new challenges, there's always going to be a demand for an evolution to cybersecurity. So Zero Trust is the current one of the day, but is, is definitely focused again about how do we bring context together? How do we have additional integrations and really try to break down some of those traditional stovepipes and really have an orchestrated architecture to both enable usability as well as security. Mm -hmm. That is an overarching security mindset, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Brandon and Bill, thanks so much for being here today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. And that's all for today. To learn more about Zero Trust, visit okta.com slash partners slash AWS. Have a great day.